Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brands. It's a coffee cast. Cheers, cheers our you. coffee. I've got a nice coffee here from Easy Like Sunday on a Friday. Easy like Sunday morning, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you've got to figure that's where the uh, inspiration for the restaurant name comes from, John. It is great to be here with you on the patio at Easy Like Sunday. We're out here in South Park in the heart of Charlotte. Uh, just an absolute vibe, as we love to say on the show. There's some good tunes. There's some. I, you might. I don't know if you can hear it on these mics because the mics so good at, at just getting our voices, but. What we're listening to is just birds chirping, <laughs> and it's just, it's, you know, we're in the heart of a city, and yet nature gets in and uh, shows us its beauty and its bounty. It's lovely. Uh, drinking some coffee, feeling poetic because I have a latte. You got a nice drip with a little cream as well, and uh, we're caffeinated. We are... Uh, I mean, this coffee is strong. I'm really caffeinated, and that, which, which means that this podcast is probably going to be pretty good. I love it. Let's do it. I love it. Let's go. We got a lot to talk about. We got a big game and we got transfers, bro. Yeah. So um, I, let's dive into the state of the transfer window to start Saturday night against Montreal on the road. Obviously a big match. We're going to get into that later in the show like you talked about. Um, but massive news specifically the next couple days. Uh, the last couple days, I should say. Uh, Christian Latanzio had a press conference yesterday. Uh, that is Thursday. We'll get into what he talked about. Injuries. Most of that, I, the way what I took from that is we got injuries. Yes, we do. And we've had injuries for quite a bit of time. Uh, it's just, it's not who is going to be injured next. It's when they're going to be injured next. Um, we know someone's getting hurt. Yeah. So I want to start with the newest signing. As of the recording of the show, it's 11 a.m. on Friday morning. This news came yesterday. A Belgian player. What does he bring? Does he start? Who does he replace in the 11? Danny Brams, teach the TIFOs how to say this man's name. We're talking, Johnny, about the newest Charlotte FC midfielder, Brecht Dejaguerre. Dejaguerre. Brecht Dejaguerre. Yeah, D-E-J-A-E-G-E-R-E, Dejaguerre. We can call it Flemish, maybe. Uh, He's a Belgian that has played in France and in Belgium. Played for a storied Belgian club. Uh, Are Are you excited about the signing? Um... No, to be honest, just you. So you asked me that question, I hadn't even really thought, and so I had to examine my feelings for a minute. You said, "Am I excited about this signing?" No. Do I think it can be a quality signing that will help our squad? Yes. Am I? Am I? Is my heart all a flutter? Am I? Am I jumping out of my shoes here uh, over the signing of of a, you know, thirty-two year old, uh, number eight midfielder? Not really. But I, again, I think he can help. I think he's going to do some good things. Uh, he he has a great pedigree in terms of uh, winning a cup last year as the captain of FC Toulouse in France. That's pretty cool. Uh, we love we love winners, obviously. We love guys who can come in with experience. And I think, again, it's not a bad signing, but it's not an exciting signing. So it's a little bit uh, of, a, of a sort of a pedantic little uh, semantical thing there. But I'll tell you why I'm not. It's because we're bringing in guys to replace positions where we've grown to love the, these players who are in these positions, young American development guys I'm talking about Ben Bender, I'm talking about Brent Bronico, whose position is now threatened by this new signing of Brent Brecht Dejaguerre. And, you know, the, when we talked about this, John, we kind of wanted to focus on this. I want to get your thoughts on, on what's become of the fate of the young American prospect at Charlotte FC. Well, Jalen Lindsay, we can put him in that group as well because there's left back rumors. Right. We were rumored to two new left backs. We could have one signed by the end of today, potentially. So if you ask the question, 
who is losing out because of all the incoming transfers for Charlotte FC. I think the guys that you mentioned, Brant Bronico, Ben Bender, Jalen Lindsay, we, we can, a couple other Americans on the team, George Marks, who currently is in witness protection. Haven't seen him right. for, for many months. Maybe he'll, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind the idea of, of George Marks uh, playing, uh, I, I was going to say Nations League, but it's League, League's Cup. League's Cup. I wouldn't mind seeing George Marks maybe get some cup starts. And Patrick Ajemont, another American right. player who saved our bacon against Seattle and then just and then was banished back to next pro. Right. So there's there's two things happening here, Danny. I think the first thing is that Zoran Cronetta and his scouting staff, based on what Christian Latanzio said at his press conference, I don't what Christian Latanzio said was, I don't give names. I don't tell the sporting director what player to sign. I tell them what traits and characteristics I'm looking for from an incoming transfer. So, in that case, it's pretty clear, if you think about Ashley Westwood, if you think about Scott Arfield, if you think about Brecht, I I, want to say Desjardins. (laughs) Desjardins. That's a hockey hockey fan in you. Desjardins. 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 You know, it's like... Deja vu. All, yeah. <laughs> all of those players are cut from the same cloth. Experienced players who, when you think about other things, Christian, other things that Latanzio has said during press conferences, oh, we just need, need our experience back. We just need to get the players that mm-hmm. have experience back. They need mm-hmm. to come back from injury. This is exactly the type of, of player that Christian Latanzio wants, and it feels like Jalen Lindsay, Ben Bender, and Patrick Ajemong are players that Christian Latanzio has no interest in counting on. Yeah, and it, it's sad. I mean, Bender scores two against uh, Red Bulls, and then he kind of gets lost in the fact that we then you know gave up to and, and lose the draw. I mean, but that's horrible that that his playing time. It's like if you're a young uh, player on this squad. The worst thing you can do is have a great game because you're you're instantly like never seen or heard from again. Whether it's Bender or Ajemong, uh, Lindsay unfortunately gave up the penalty uh, uh, after his assist that kind of led us to another draw against Cincy. So, but 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 Lindsay's had good games. He hasn't had that that like all out amazing game, but he has good games and then disappears from the, the rotation. And and I'm really worried about I'm I'm really worried about our boy Brand Bronico. He you know like we got the Bronny Bro party coming up here it's, it's in a couple of weeks, and this Dejaguer signing is just like seems calculated to get Bronico out of the starting eleven. Unfortunately, and Christian Latanzio mentioned that role and what he's looking for from that role. Yep, and, and Zorn did too. Zorn even Cronetta was like uh, Brecht is a guy who can come in and play the eight role and help us progress the ball up the field faster and better. Basically, like a direct shot at the the job Bronico has been doing. Unfortunately, so. So it seems to me like this club is de-emphasizing young American players. And I'm not kind of, I'm not using that as a criticism. I'm not up in arms about it. I am more so just trying to understand what's happening right in front of our eyes. And that is this scouting staff reports up into Zoran Cronetta, whose history is a player agent in Europe. All of his connections are there. And his scouting staff, while sure, I'm sure, is they're scouting the United States, they have to do so for the for the draft. Uh, they have to make sure 
they know who's available in MLS, but it's pretty clear to me that the staff is focusing on European players who are later in their career that can bring experience to the club and leadership into the club. And you could also make the case that this front office team is making up for past mistakes right. in, in signing shitheads. Right, right, exactly. You know, younger players who have come here from Europe or... Or notably from South America. Or South America. Players from not necessarily here in the United States who have come into this squad and have caused issues. Right? So now that they're going for the opposite of that. I mean, think about it. Alan Franco was 21. Jordi Alcivar, uh, 19. Uh, Tito Ortiz was 29, but he was a shithead in some ways. Uh, Vinny Mello. You know, Vinny Mello. Nuno Santos. Gets no love. Nuno Santos was brought in. Andre Shinya Shiki. obviously. Shinya is a little older, but uh, but again, like, these are guys who, it's almost like a new phase. What we're seeing is a new phase. And, like, I love how you said, like, you're not making a value judgment one way or another. You're just sort of explaining the way it is because just the, explaining the reality of, like, this. It's clearly there's a delineation, basically starting with the Shinya out, Miram in kind of sick was the first signal of like okay we're taking a new approach with with this whole thing and so it's like young guys who might be up and comers and have some um some bright futures but they don't seem to want to incorporate very well into into this project they're out the new move is sign established players go get uh scott arfield go get breck de Jaguer. And I, I cited Miram. Uh, Westwood was also a signing in that. In yes. that. Westwood actually was probably the very first signing in, in that direction. But then, yeah, we, we shin you out with his issues, and we go ahead and, and get Miram. And Miram's been great, you know, to throw your 22s up. I, I learned to love Justin Miram very quickly, and I think he's an important part of this squad. But it's no denying the fact that we have shun, we have now shunned. And, again, we did bring in Milanda last year, who's paid off. There's, there's, there's exceptions that prove the rule. We're linked to two, like, you know, under-22 French fullbacks right now, hopefully get one of them in. It's not like every single signing is this way, but the motif and the overall, the pro, the tone of the project has shifted. And we're bringing, like I, I joked to somebody, it's like, from now on, you got to either be married or divorced with full custody to get signed by this club. <laughs> so, because uh, it's all about family men and, yeah. uh, and you know, it's, you know, we're not bringing any, any more Tinder, Tinder heads uh, for the time being. It's, it's so obvious. And I, I think I just wanted to call that out to start today's episode I, I saw a lot of reaction to the the signing of another player north of 30 yeah, 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 yeah. in the central midfield it was negative the fan base said why do we we need another one of these right, right? it's like it right. seemed isn't the uh, the it cupboard the, the pretty s- full here Should the we? sickest DJ Khaled impression of all time uh, another, another one, one? <laughs> You know, so I just wanted to acknowledge that and just have this conversation about whether you agree or disagree with Charlotte FC's plan. And they're not hiding it from anybody. Right. It's obvious. Like they say show, don't tell. Charlotte FC didn't need to come out and announce some grand strategy change. It's obvious from the moves they've made that the grand strategy change has been been put into place. And I think to spin it into a positive, it seems to me like upper management, in this case, the the manager, the sporting director, uh, the owner of the club who's spending this money, are all on the same page, Mm -hmm. which is a very, very good thing. Do you think DTEP's even on a page? (laughs) I think he's on a boat (laughs) more than he is on a page. Well, well, he might not be on a page, 
but his signature is sure. on the page. Okay, hundred percent. There you go. And that yeah, page yeah. looks like a check. It's an important page, right? And no then, and I'm not sure even that that signature is just already on there. It's like he doesn't even have to sign it. <laughs> you know, it's like it's already it's already on there when when the checks get printed. But yeah, this is why I say it's 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 not an exciting signing. You saw everyone's first reaction was to the age thing because it's just become kind of a, a bit now at this point. And here's the deal. Again, I'm going to reiterate. Rex Desjardins can help us if he really is a better version of Brant Bronico, who's who helps the offense more. Then that's fine. That's one. Then that's good. But I'll tell you this much: offense is not this team's problem, and it has not been all year. We score goals. We score plenty of goals. The problem is conceding, and and maybe there's an idea that by better controlling the, the possession in the midfield, we can take some pressure off of our back line and goalkeeper. You know, soccer is a team game. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Like think the the butterfly effect on a soccer pitch is very real. Something that happens in one corner of the pitch is going to have ramifications, you know, of everything else that's happening on the field. But it's just, we have, it's almost like a prove it thing. Like I, I have high hopes for what Brecht can bring us, but I need to see it. And if it doesn't come quick and right away, then the backlash is going to be severe. Well, that's why I was really excited about Scott Arfield getting into town, getting his, his debut and then having a full debut at home. Uh, that next match around, I yeah. think that to me was was really exciting, and I took away well. I took away from Scott Arfield's uh, full ninety debut uh, at home at the Keep against Cincinnati. I took a lot of positives away mm-hmm. from that. I did so. I, I I ultimately again I'm not I'm not trying to be critical of this because I I like the Arfield signing. I like what I saw from him mm-hmm. on the pitch. I think having. M- more conductors on the pitch. Ashley Westwood was like the only person that was conducting anything right. on the pitch. Leads the team and chances created. Right. All, yeah. And and we need other players that not only can do that but are willing to do that. And unfortunately, Brant Bronico is not somebody that conducts on the pitch. Right. Derek Jones is somebody that conducts now out of the center back position. He's out. Right. He's hurt. He's injured. He will be playing for a he, few he games. He will not be playing yeah. on Saturday. I imagine Sobokov is in I the would lineup think, on, on I would Saturday. think there's a chance we don't see Derek at all until we, after League's Cup. Not that his injury is that long, but just like this is this is the final match before yeah, League's this Cup. Is where right? we have one match, then we have two League's Cup matches. Which, if you go to our Twitter page, if you haven't seen, I did a breakdown of why we should expect to at least get to like the round of 32 and maybe 16 in yeah. League's Cup. But again, uh, it would take a, a nice run after that to go further. So I, I feel like Derek's going to miss the next three games, and then we might have a game after that. But maybe. But regardless, Jones is out. Milan is hurt. Milanda's not coming back anytime soon. So we got a real problem of is it going to be Sobo or Tuoloma standing next to Carujo against Montreal on Saturday? We can talk about that in a little bit. But. You know, I, th- I, I love the idea of, of the, the League's Cup. And the reason why I love the idea is because I'm, I'm, it's always the Cup. Totus the Copa. And I like Cup competitions. Mm-hmm. But stopping the season full stop for a month Strange. for the Cup. Right. Not my cup of tea. And it's really bad for the teams that get eliminated because you then have just that. Like, I know that some of these teams that don't get out of group in League's Cup are going to schedule some, like, friendlies against USL clubs and stuff like that because they're just going to have to, like, to, to keep their guys fresh for the month that they're off. It's it's it, it's an insane scheduling. I totally agree. It's, it works out great if you make a deep run. It's ridiculously pathetic if you don't. So, uh, so you can take that for what it's worth. But getting back to the main point at hand, it's like – we do need those conductors, and when it comes to you know creating offense and going the full ninety in your home debut, Scotty Arfield knows. He does. Yeah, you know, Scotty. Scotty Arfield, Arfield knows. knows. 
but at the same time no it's like it's like it's like it's it's not even like a song this is how i want the chant to go in the stadium right it's like don't think of it as like a song just think okay. of it as a chant right scotty arfield knows scotty arfield knows scotty arfield knows scotty arfield knows we'll get that going yeah, yeah like, i love it you know it's like it's very simple if you can't pick that it. up um if you're standing next to me you'll hear it yeah <laughs> i can guarantee you that much oh man so i i, I it's transfer time. You can call it silly season. The good news for Charlotte FC, though, is let's not forget this. There's incomings here. Right. right? So it's better than not having it's, it's, anyone. It's better yeah. than kind of looking at the current roster and saying, what do we do? Also, it's still 17 days before the transfer window closes. So right. so at, instead of a bunch of forcing through a bunch of final last-minute deadline day deals like we did last year and then ending up with Nuno Santos, who may someday be good but his adventures in the United States did not go well uh, I think we're ahead of the game I think like it or not I think this team has a vision and is executing it so I mean that's that's good in one sense right in, in that like there is an ethos and there is a plan and it's not just like scattershot random I will say it's a, it feels a little scattershot random when like all our signings are free transfers it's like are they just combing the like expired contracts <laughs> section of uh, of some database and just like seeing who might be out there for free. Honestly, like, like probably, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, so there is that aspect to to think about, which is not great. Um, even this young well, guy, Bradley Locko, I think, who who is uh, one of the younger guys. He, even if he's out without a club right now, too, I think. So well, I mean, picking up a free is nice. It's just it's. I think it makes sense, especially for a player. That is over thirty, right? So it's like if, yeah. if if you're gonna go out and get these players who are over thirty with experience, the last thing you want to do is pay a significant transfer fee for a player that is on the back end of his prime who right. is going to retire within the next four or five years. Right. What what you it's, want, where you want to break the transfer fee bank, is for a player like Enzo Capetti. Oh yeah, a can't miss prospect coming coming out of the Argentinian league who does nothing but score goals. <laughs> Enzo Capetti, an interview with ESPN oh Argentina God. this week. What a what a what a great quote this was. Hit hit me with it because I just I can't wait to hear how you. I, there, there was this. there was many different quotes. I mean, it was about Messi. There's a quote yeah. about Messi. Which one are you talking about specifically? The Messi, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. About how uh, some players on the team have already said that uh, Enzo will be the translator, <laughs> and and Enzo was like, and Enzo will be the first one that gets the jersey. Yeah. Side. Enzo when when. When extra, when the four minutes goes up for extra time, Enzo is going to be trying to swap his jersey. <laughs> right, right. He's gonna he's gonna bust his hammy again, sprinting off the bench at full time to try to catch Messi. Although he said he in that area he goes, oh yeah, I'm gonna be healthy again by the time we play them on the 20th on August 20th. Like yeah, sure you are. Well, well if I mean, you say so. <laughs> that's that's like legitimately more than a month away. Yeah. More than wait, no, no. It's 5 I, weeks away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's talking about okay, I, August 20th. August 20th yeah. on the road. That's what that, yeah, that's our first that's our first yeah. game back after League's Cup is over. After we win League's Cup, we go play Messi. And you expect Messi to be available in that match post League's Cup? I think I I do. Oh, he'll 100% will be playing yeah. and uh you know who's coming to town by the way that week? Who? Is our boy Billy the Bee. Oh, really? Billy the Bee is going to be in Charlotte after uh, the week after that that Messi uh that match at Miami. So that's someone I'm looking forward to getting a beer with and hopefully having on the show, to be honest, in about a month. Yeah, we should have. Yeah. yeah, Billy the Bee. And big get, lo- maybe big get his, love for Billy the Bee. Get his take on uh, why Brentford didn't sign Christian Pulisic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, was he uh, facilitating bets with uh, with Ivan Tony? You know, who knows? 
Uh, it's it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. Appreciate y'all being here. It's a coffee cast on a Friday. Oh, man. I uh, hope you're listening to this on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, Saturday morning before the match, Saturday afternoon, hanging around on a weekend. And, um, yeah, even you – know, we wanted to make the first 20, 25 minutes of this episode listenable even after the match on right. Saturday night. This, so, this, is, this is an episode you can come back to and listen to again maybe in a month's time when the transfer window closes and see if we were on to something. Right. Yeah, so it's it's like it's one of those episodes where um, we're kind of taking a look at the squad and not necessarily predicting what happens on well, Saturday night. But this, but this is the kind of talks that we have when we're doing coffee casts. Like yes. we, we, we created the concept of the coffee cast last year and it's been going great. I, I, I couldn't – I wouldn't have it any other way. Would not have it any other way. Uh, and th- this coffee is so strong to the point where, like, I'm barely having a couple sips of my second coffee. I love it. It's, it's, uh, I've got some half and half in there. Get those jitters. T- tastes really good. It's good for a Friday. Get me through this Friday afternoon today. This hot Friday afternoon. No mm-hmm. golf this weekend for me. Taking the weekend off for, from golf. Uh, just going to hang around and just enjoy the weekend. Well, then we might as well. I mean, it's not really an announcement, but I mean, most people could have assumed this was happening, but the watch parties are back. EPR Saturday night is uh, on. Yes, it for, is. For tomorrow's road match. 100% Saturday night, EPR, massive, massive match against Montreal. And so let me ask you a question, John. Okay. That will sort of be our segue question here. Okay. We'll, we'll tie what we've just been talking about into the lineup against Montreal and what's at, what's at stake here. And, my, and it, so the question is, is he going to play tomorrow? And the he that I'm referring to is... Our boy, why is Jalen Lindsay never good enough for this coaching staff? Like they're out there trying to get two new fullbacks younger than him when they got this young, homegrown American Carolina kid who has created a lot of uh, offensive play. He's pretty good on defense, makes some mistakes. But I mean, shouldn't we just be developing this guy? Is he going to start against Montreal? What do you think? I, I think they see limitations in Jalen Lindsay's game. I think that the trust is not there. I think that they think the experience is not there, and they probably want someone who's a little bit taller, a little better in the air inside the box, and somebody that's willing to to make a run forward and whip in across from the wing. I, I think Jalen Lindsey can, can do that. I, I, I really do, but... He doesn't necessarily – if you look at his heat map from last match, I'd be interested to see how how far forward he progressed. I would venture to say it's probably not that My far sense forward. is that his crosses from the box always come from deep. He, he's never making a parallel cross into the box. He's always, like, halfway between the box and the midfield line and, like, crossing from there. I, do, I definitely agree with that. So, I don't know. I love Lindsey. He's one of my favorite players on the team. Uh, there's the, he's become a meme in terms of just play Jalen Lindsey every game. Look at this, Danny. This heat map, it just goes to show. Right. There's just nothing right. happening. He doesn't him. own the – he has like three spots that he's trying to get to. He's, he's got his defensive spot where he spends most of the time. He's got his spot just across the midfield line where he's at in possession. Yes. And then he's got his spot parallel to the top of the box where he goes in attack. And it's, there's nothing in between. It's, it's bright green in between those three little red spots because he's just running to certain spots. He's not like owning the entire wing and just playing all over the place. And there, and there was only one cross – Attempted and it led to it was an assist. It was a great cross. Yeah, but there has to be more right. of those. Yeah. How about there, ten of those? Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, get up yeah. there and just just whip it on in there. And I think it's a reason why I really liked Adam Armour in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, an offensive, a back, someone that could could progress oh, yeah. up the what wing. What happened to him? 
Have you checked? Have you checked on uh, FC Tulsa uh, or anything? I, I I don't check on on Tulsa's results, but I do still follow Adam on Insta. So I, I've seen that he's having a good time out there in Oklahoma. I wonder if he's been playing. Um, it's maybe we'll have maybe we'll have an, an update. Someone, on he he's a fan favorite out there. I, he, oh really? He was reposting stuff to his Insta story about people that were saying we love Adam Armour. You know, go Tulsa. Adam's our favorite player to watch. So yeah. So. Well, I, I guess there's one positive about the. The Jalen Lindsay situation is is that it's not like Joseph Mora is playing instead of him. <laughs> right, right, right. At least they're trying to go get somebody. Yeah, I agree with that. For but sure. so uh, and Harrison Offal has kind of moved into that midfield position that I think ultimately Brecht will play. Right. Yes. He, where? Yeah, I think. Well, I think no. Brecht is more. So Affle's kind of in that hybrid like back hybrid DM six role, right? Okay. Six ish, maybe eight ish. Whereas Brecht is more of an eight ten uh, hybrid okay. is what uh, Zoran described. Okay. Him as, well, so. I, I think like if you, I, I think the midfield will eventually become Brecht, Arfield, and Westwood. I think that is going to be the preferred midfield for the run of the season. Brecht, Arfield, Westwood. Yes. So and not Jones. No, he plays center back. You think Jones is going to stay at center back? Yeah, when he comes yeah, because that, that's uh, yes, I do. Because that, I think you think the more you think about Christian Latanzio's system. Right? Right. He can – when it's Carujo Melanda, right, I think that's probably the best defensive center back pairing. Right. But when it's Carujo Jones, what Latanzio has from Jones in that spot is a ball-progressing right. center back. Melanda's not who, that. Who's impossible to take the ball off of. Yes. Which is – that's Jones' yeah. biggest trait. His, yeah. his greatest trait of Derek Jones is that it is impossible, literally impossible to tackle the ball away from his feet um, I because he uses his body so well to shield. Um the uh, so so my my triforce spine is um, Gurujo, Melanda, center backs, and Jones is the six. I, I think we've I, I pointed out on Twitter the other day we've never seen that trio start a game yet all year. So if Melanda comes back from injury and Jones is back from injury and Carujo's there and playing okay, so then all of a sudden you're saying Jones center back that that's either we go three center backs or or Melanda goes out to a fullback position maybe or Melanda goes to the bench which is weird. He has played fullback. It almost becomes a log jam. So I, I think Arfield, I just would not put Arfield in my dream three. Mine would be Westwood, uh, Dejaguer, Jones. Slight difference from you. I but. would encourage anyone to go back and watch the last match against Cincy and just keep an eye on Scott Arfield. There, there, was, there, there was no flash of just like amazing forward play, but there was just this really, really nice hint of control. Right of this, Scotty this uh, no, like this Scotty Arfield knows. Scotty Arfield knows. There was, there was like, there was this ability from Arfield to read the game in a way that I think Christian Latanzio is looking for. He was in complete ownership of his positioning. I, I kind of see him as somebody that 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 group of three is going to be leaned on down the stretch. We'll see what happens, but obviously that's not going to be the the midfield grouping against Montreal on Saturday. Right. I don't think Brecht is, is going to be available. You think Bronico so, gets a start? I think I think, I think, I think deserves one. He certainly will, yeah. I mean, and again, what... He played great against Cincinnati. Right. And we're talking about Bronico like he's in the past. He's not in the past as of this time, but I just fear that he might be, like, he's under threat right now. So he's got to work, like, no one on this team works harder than Bronico. That's That's yeah. been established. So he, but now it's like... If I'm if I'm inside his head for a second, I'm thinking, geez, they just brought in a guy who plays my same position. There might I be, gotta go even harder. There might be one player that works harder than Bronico or as hard. Carol Spaderski. On game day, no doubt. Uh, on match day, 
no one gives like Carol's like a dried out rat like like a, just a rag that you would just like twist and like just try to squeeze every little bit yeah. uh, out of, uh, of of juice out of it. He has nothing left at the end of a nine inning game, and I love that about him for sure. Yeah, so I, I would expect Svidersky to, to get the start. Uh, and and the question becomes, if Patrick Ajaman travels with the team, does Svidersky get the start at the ten roll or the striker role? My guess is that Svidersky plays striker and Ajaman starts on the bench simply because. He's coming off a very, very good performance against yes. Cincinnati in that position. Yeah, I think I think against Montreal it's going to be Brawny Westwood Arfield. I think that's almost, with the injury situation that's almost a lock. I think Gaines kind of a surprise starter for me the last two games. He's played well. I love him. Just like and I again I would love to be able to a young American who's who is getting minutes right now. Yeah, yeah. But but, but in the past who has not gotten been minutes. kind of marginalized. So yeah, it's like now we've got Vargas, Gaines, Miram, Yushviak, like. Pick your two at that point. I think everyone's going to have a, a different favorite pairing. I'm, I'm willing to say that Yuzviak was rusty against Cincinnati. But he wasn't good. He was he was very poor. And does that mean that he gets to start here to get him back into action, or does he remain on the bench because of a rusty He match? had a couple decent passes to Carroll, but he just wasn't good anywhere else. Like, two nice moments and, and just a lot of uh, rustiness, like, is what I saw. Of yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I would continue starting Kerwin Vargas. I mean, we can't give up on all our young players. I think Miram was so gave us so such a lift when we needed it most a couple months ago, but I don't necessarily need to see him starting all the time. Still, I think I think he's a leader and a sub and and a guy who can make an impact. But so, I would, so I would it, rather see Yushviak and Gaines starting ahead of him. What 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 would you think about like a total youth movement? At some point, I would love to see like Swiderski sit in that ten roll with Ajamang starting. At the striker position, I wish we would have seen and that. Mackenzie Gaines starting and Kerwin Vargas starting, yeah. and that be the front yeah. the front four. That'd be the youth movement. For that sure. would that would be so really special to see that happen, and I think we've got a chance to potentially see that happen down the line with this club. But you know, as, as we've yeah. talked about so far on this episode, I think you're going to see Miram. I think you're going to see Uzbiak. I think that I wouldn't be surprised if it's Miram and Miram yeah. and Svidersky. I wouldn't be shocked, no. No, Kerwin maybe made a case for a day off, for sure, in the last game. He played well. He had an assist, right? Yeah. But um, Nice early ball into the box. I think that, that's what Kerwin Vargas is really good at. Mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, you'll, you'll see a lot. You'll see um, commentators, you'll see uh, pundits use the, the phrase, an early ball into the box. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, right? And I think it's something that it's really important to keep an eye on. When a ball goes out to the wing, how many touches is the player taking before the ball gets whipped into the box? Right. Keep a mental note of that when you see the ball go out into the wing on a Saturday night into a crossing position. An early ball into the box typically means that a player is reading the game well, is prepared, and setting up chances. And early balls into the box usually usually lead to more goals than a late ball into the box. Because right. a late ball into the box allows the defense to settle, mm-hmm. mark a man, take care of business, and get the ball away. An right. early ball into the box, the defense doesn't have the ability to react right away. The ball's already halfway there while they're trying mm-hmm. to look and mark their man. Swiderski is an early ball poacher. Yeah. That's the type of striker he the is. The two goals he scored against Cincy were both just like, just jab your foot out and cut across the yes. ball and blade it into the net. It was and, the, and the only way that, that Swiderski is in that position and by the way, Enzo Capetti could can benefit from this as well. For sure. Early balls into the box. 
That, to me, is the key thing for this offense to have think, success. Think about Copetti's goal against St. Louis. That was an early ball in the box from Carroll. Uh, yep. You know, uh, Copetti's he's, uh, his goal against his goal from Gaines was not an early ball in the box. That was more of a fast break. But but yeah, he Enzo is going to score on, on those kind of plays as well. Hopefully, he comes back healthy, and we can get a, a dime back for this dollar that we spent on him. But um, yeah, I, I agree, man. And I I love an early ball in the box. I love to see I, I love because that usually means it's good connection and communication yeah, yeah. With, between your offense because they're like we're not waiting for the defense to get set to see what's coming we know what we want to do so let's take advantage of the right. defense when they're they're not ready and, and, typ and yeah. typically like an early ball can come in transition and, and when I was at the Philadelphia match um, you know I, it was one thing very very clear and, and if there was one thing that I took away from that match was that Philly was amazing in transition and was willing to hit early balls into the box. And Charlotte was awful in transition and didn't hit anything into the mm -hmm. box. When you're at home especially, you have to be good in transition. I think this team could really benefit from becoming better in transition. And when you think about the goal that was scored last weekend, it's a great example. That that Vargas early ball mm -hmm. come, comes from a transition play. You talked about Gaines as well being in transition. Yeah. And that's why I think Gaines probably gets into the squad these days is because his transition play is very good. Transition is it's you win the ball back and boom, you got to yeah. move. And Mackenzie Gaines is so good at the quick twitch that when Mackenzie Gaines sees a turnover happen, he's like a fucking bat out of hell. Mm -hmm. He's gone up that right wing. I think you can make an argument that Camille Uziak does not have that in him. Uziak's more of like a possession-based winger. Right. We, we, we have we've said that Yuzviak is a player that is a bulldog, plays mm -hmm. great on defense. I don't think he's very good at transition at all. Yeah, not, not compared to the other guys that, he, that he's sort of sharing the position with, I agree. I want to see it, man. I want to see some transition play. Montreal is a team that was super tough. Like a month ago when we played them at uh, the Keep, got a nil-nil draw. They had come in as one of the hottest teams in the league. Everyone was like, oh, Montreal, Montreal. They figured something out. And... Now, a month later, they've lost three straight. Smoked against uh, Chicago. Got destroyed by Chicago. Did you see that Shakiri wonder goal on Wednesday night? Yeah, it was amazing. Night? Yeah. Shakiri's a dangerous <laughs> man, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shaq, Shaq shows his quality. For, yeah. You know, he's not the same player he used to be years ago, but he still shows his quality. Um, but they, so, what do they call that? Out of the out of the top locker or something like that? Or, uh, what's the phrase? Uh, right out of the... Right the, out of his locker. Yeah, yeah. something... I uh, forget. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but... Uh, I know it. I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue, but um, what Montreal's doing—they lost at home. So, and they also during their little hot streak of, at the at midseason, they were known as this team that was really defending their home field really well. Now they have two straight losses at home. So, the opportunity's there. We need to pounce on these guys. We need the three points. What, you know, the we've—you and I on the show have kind of tried to preach a, a little bit of an even tone in, in regards to the streak of five draws in a row. Draws better than loss. Don't get too upset. It sucks to sacrifice points, but at least right. we're at least we're holding steady. But it's to the point now where that's not going to be good enough. If you look at the table right now, we find the good thing about MLS having a midweek game this past week was we had had that game in hand on a lot of teams, and now we've gotten to the point where we're all caught up, so we can look at the table a little bit more uh, definitively because we don't have to worry about oh well if they do this if they do that. So now we've got the game in hand on, on, it, on most of the teams ahead of us, and we're even on games played with a lot of other teams that are right near us. So we're tied with Montreal. 22 games played, 26 points. 
You need about 40, 41, 42 points to make the playoffs, really. So we need to get 16 points here in our, in our last 12-ish games. Like, we need wins. We need wins, wins, wins. And we need to beat the teams that were near in the standings. And so I really see this, this as a position of being poised. And, and every game counts the same. You hate to say, like, oh, well, this game's more important than that game, da 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 but it all is in in the course of how they come in the campaign. Right. Games games gain and lose importance to the campaign based on other things that happen in the campaign. You know, right. more more butterfly effects. So we've we're to the point where this game is a massive game because we are poised. We're 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 uh, we're Robert Frosting here. You know, two roads two roads diverged in a Canadian wood. And uh, you know, are we going to take the one less traveled and make all the difference or not? So I'm not so sure, so it's an important match. So what do you do for an important match, Danny? get all nine TVs at EPR locked and loaded with mm-hmm. the common uh, Terry on mm-hmm. and we have a watch party on Saturday let's do night. it you know it's like that that's ultimately why we have the watch parties at EPR is because we really want to watch every second of the match and it's it's the perfect place to do it first time in six weeks we've had a watch party I believe wow so maybe five but uh, we need everyone we yes. need the regulars we need new com- we, we need you to bring a friend we need yes. If you came to one and haven't come back, we need you back. We need everybody back. We need everybody, and we need to jam-pack EPR because uh, the Fury is not going to be there. Sometimes the Blue Fury shows up. I think they have other plans this weekend. So we need everybody. We need all all the TFOs, all the Charlotte Soccer Show uh, lovers and uh, community members out there. We are a fam of, well, of listeners. And one whatnot, of my favorite so. thing about the regulars, Danny, at the EPR watch parties is that they're going there the same, for the same reason we are. Which is to watch the match intensely, right? Like it's not exactly. just like this fuck around. Bring, you know, oh, I don't really care about the match. I'm here to right. drink and have it. No, it's like right. you're there watching you, every pass of the you've ball. You've seen me at yes. these parties. I'm I'm moving one side of the room yeah. to the other. I'm pace. I'm stopping over here to talk to a group of people. I move over there. Like I'm like yelling at the TV. Like we get a. It's like a match day atmosphere. It's almost like a little mini supporters section without the beer showers there. Well, so. what, one of the signature parts of our watch parties is free beer right it's like we, we would give out modellas right we would say come on early right. got a tab open and have some free modellas i've noticed some other watch parties kind of picking that up maybe to, to right. well when you have when you do something really good people try to emulate it obviously yeah yeah, yeah so um, we're gonna keep that going and, and and we're glad that the the charlotte fc supporters are getting free beer um on saturday night so we'll buy some modellas for y'all uh, on, on Saturday night for sure and come early I'm coming off of a uh, for the for the first time in a long time Danny I'm coming off of a correct score prediction that's true I like and and I almost it goes to show how predicting soccer matches is just such a crapshoot right where I like jokingly said it was just ah 2-2 draw we draw it all the time you know and it, it, just, it just like played that played out <laughs> yeah. that way Beautifully. And you also said the difference between a two-two draw and a three-one uh, result is is everything. Yes. Right? which I thought was very insightful. So, predictions for Saturday night. I I think that we draw again. Honestly, I, I know that sounds horrible, but like I just think that we draw, and I think it could even be zero-zero. It was last time we played them. Have to keep. 180 minutes of <laughs> soccer between these two clubs and. No, and goals, no goals and no playoffs for either <laughs> either one of them. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm going to say 2-1 Charlotte win. I'm feeling nice. confident. Nice. I, I don't think we can keep a clean sheet, but I do think Montreal has some issues that have not been fixed yet, and it's up to us to go. I think the I really think 
the leadership's going to carry through. I think I'm ex a big, big match from Ashley Westwood. I think Ashley Westwood contributes to two goals. Wow. We, to both goals. We win 2-1. The gemstone. West, the gemstone will have either two assists or a goal and assist or both goals. He's going to be in on it. Uh, maybe maybe a secondary, maybe a hockey assist on one. If I, I think if Charlotte FC gets on the score sheet, my official prediction is going to be 1-1, one, one, not 0-0. Zero, 1-1. Zero. One, one. And I think Scotty Arfield is going to be involved in that goal. Scotty Arfield knows. Scotty Arfield knows. Scotty Arfield knows. <laughs> Why not? I love it. It'd be it'd be just the time for the boy to get involved, for real. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brands. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us on uh, this beautiful weekend in the QC. We'll see you at the watch party. Danny, hope you have a great afternoon. Always, always Thanks, good bro. chatting with you. Follow us on Twitter, at For the Crown Baby. You can find us there. Uh, Danny's been doing incredible work on that social handle lately. Breaking news about transfers, breaking down um, League's Cup. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, and... For the crown, baby.